In this beginning introduction to meditation, Maitreya teaches us the true purpose and goal of meditation and the reasons why meditation is good for people and for society as a whole. So sit back and enjoy listening to Maitreya, the friend of all souls. Today is the fourth day of wisdom, 59 AF. So you want to meditate. You've heard about it, you've read about it, you've heard that it does good things for your body and it calms the mind and soothes the soul, so to speak. And so you want to meditate. And good for you, it's a great thing that you do want to meditate. And good for you, it's a great thing that you do want to meditate. Because meditation is one of the most important activities that you can add to your life. And it will add to your life. Stress and the effects of stress are one of the greatest killers of human beings that there are. And today we have more stress than ever before. It used to be that when we lived out in the farms, we'd have the stress of whether the crops were going to grow or whether there was going to be a good rainfall or something of that sort. But now, we have the stress of international war. We have the stress of total self-destruction on the part of humanity. We have stresses of whether the economy is going to collapse or whether our mortgage is going to be uh, un go unpaid and our house is going to be repossessed. So there's a lot of reasons to meditate. There's also the factor that if you've done well in your life, if you've uh, made a pretty good living and if you've raised a family or if you're just doing well in college, if you're doing well in school, <clears throat> that you're pretty well satisfied in those areas and looking for a new frontier. Well, the, the universe of creation that lies within you and what lies beyond it is the final frontier. It's the greatest frontier. It's the un explored frontier. And meditation is the way by which you explore that frontier. There are many side effects of meditation that are, that are wonderful. As I, I mentioned stress, I mentioned relaxation, peace of mind, serenity, that, that absolutely precious quality that allows us to stay centered in the middle of turmoil and, and uh, trouble. That comes from meditation. Meditation is not complicated. It's very simple. So I haven't mentioned a few things. There's that are more or less in the physical world. Let me mention some that are beyond the physical world. And you don't have to be religious to, to accept this. You don't have to be religious to benefit from it. If you are anything but an atheist and you believe that there is something greater that is the source of this universe, that is the source of your own self, then you must want to find it. You must want to discover it. You must want to know it. Oh sure, you have a self. You have a small self, a false self as we call it, and, and uh, our way of life. 
We call it a false self because it's a, a man-made self. It's a self that was constructed in large part by you, but in large part also by the influences that surrounded you when you were young. And that self is the one that you call Bill or Bob or Mary or Joe or Pete or whatever your name is. You know that you're not happy with it or you wouldn't be here. You know that you're not satisfied with it or you wouldn't be here. And the fact that you're not happy or you're not, not satisfied with it means that you are one of the 1% of humanity that have a chance to go beyond death, to go beyond mortality, to go beyond the frustrations and the, the anxieties that plague the rest of humanity. You see, most people are very well satisfied with the artificial self that they and their parents and their friends and all of the other people that they've known, teachers and ministers, rabbis, priests, imams, wherever you're from, these people helped you or forced you in many cases, sometimes coerced you into creating this artificial self. But that artificial self that, that you created is not you. It is not your true self. How do we know that that's not your true self? Because you are the one who is witnessing it. You see, the true self, your true self, is the witness to everything. Your true self is the one who sees it all, the one who, who perceives it all, the one who creates it all. You created this self that you call I. We call it an ego sometimes. Uh, in the East, they call it an Atma. But that's the true self. So you created this thing. Now, how could you have created yourself? You couldn't. So you are the creator. When you do something, it's done through this self, but you are the doer. You are always the witness to all of these things. At night, when your created self, your artificial self, goes to sleep, you witness your dreams. You're still there, even though that self is sleeping. It's not that self that witnesses your dreams, because it's temporarily out of commission, on vacation, taking a rest. But it's you, the true self, who witnesses those dreams. And so you see, the first thing that you have to understand is that you are not this self, and you are not just your body. When your body is unconscious, you're still there. When your body's sleeping, you're still there. And you say, oh, I had a restless sleep. But your body was asleep, and yet you know. And when you wake up in the morning, you don't say, oh, who am I, who am I? You know who you are. But it takes a few minutes for you to collect yourself. Did you ever hear that expression, collect yourself? And that's what you do in the morning. Some people say, oh, I have a hard time. I can't, I can't even function until I get my first cup of coffee and I collect myself. Well, what does that mean that you collect yourself? It means that you gather up all of the pieces of this puzzle that you put together and call yourself and you put them back together. Well, that one that's putting them back together that one that witnesses your dreams, that one that is the ultimate and absolute witness of all things, that's your true self. That's who you are. 
You are the creator. You create yourself, you maintain yourself, and sometimes you even take yourself apart and destroy yourself and put it back together a different way under certain circumstances. Well, meditation is not for you to revise your personality or, or uh, to have some sort of psychological experience. The true nature, and I should even say the true nature of true meditation, because there's a lot of false meditations out there, the true nature of true meditation is that you will come to know yourself as you are. You see, we have an amazing quality that, that apparently the animals don't have. Now, they may have it, but we don't know it. But as far as we know, the animals don't have this quality. That quality is the ability for you to be conscious of your own consciousness, for you to be aware of your own awareness. And by engaging in certain types of meditation, not the artificial ones, not the, the pseudo meditations that are really forms of self-hypnosis, but engaging in true meditation, you can actually come to be aware of your own awareness. You can be, uh, come to be aware of the source of your own awareness, which you are. In other words, you can become aware of yourself as your true self, the creator, the maintainer, and the destroyer of all of the things that you are. So what good does that do? Well, obviously, studies have been done on the physiology of meditation. What happens when one meditates is that the body readjusts itself. The blood cha flow changes. Uh, the, the hormonal system readjusts itself. It co becomes more natural. Because, you see, it is this unnatural self, this false self that you created and believe yourself to be or call yourself, even though you know you're really not that, you know you're not Jim or Joe or Mary or Jane or uh, any other name, you're the one who responds. You're, and when somebody calls your name, you hear it and you go, oh, that's my name, I'll respond. You're that self. You're the one that's listening to me right now. You're not your ears. Your ears are just mechanisms for you to receive the vibrations in the air that are coming from this talk. You're not your eyes. Your eyes are just mechanisms to receive the light that comes in. And this is all processed by your brain. And you form it into a thing which is called your mind. And then you wrap it up in this, this blanket of false self. Well, when you do that, you also wrap it up in all of the garbage that you've acquired over the years, and some of it that you actually built in to this false self. I'm this kind of person, I'm not that kind of person, I do this, I don't do this, I like this, I don't like this. You know, this is what you have made of yourself with the help of your friends, your family, your teachers, and your religious people. This is what you made of yourself. And so this artificiality imposes a kind of a tension in your body. When you begin to become centered in the true self that you are, then your body reverts back to its natural state. And so these studies show that meditation does a great many beneficial things to your physiology. Psychologically, meditation does a, a great deal of good too. You see, 
there's something we don't talk about in our culture. There's something that we're afraid of. We, we hide it, we bury it, but we always know that it's there. It's sort of like having a, a snake in your garden, you know, and yeah, you'll go out and sit in the garden, but you're not going to enjoy yourself because something is always in the back of your mind going, where's that snake? Or if, let's say you're afraid of spiders and you go to bed at night and you see a spider and you try to catch it or kill it and you don't catch it and, you, uh, and it falls on the floor and it disappears and all night long you're thinking, where's that spider? Is that spider going to crawl on me and bite me? Something. So in the back of your mind, this, this specter is always there. And that specter, I have to be frank, and I know it may upset you, but I have to be honest with you, that specter is death. We all know that we die. We all know that we are going to die. We all live under a death sentence. You know, when somebody goes to the gas chamber or gets the lethal injection, they say on a certain date you're going to get this. Well, they're, they're kind of lucky in a way, and it's not, not the kind of luck you want to have, but they're kind of lucky in a way because they know the day that they are going to leave this world. Most of us don't. In fact, very few of us do. But we know that we are going to leave it. You know that sooner or later, that you, like your grandparents or uh, your friends or, your, uh, or the people who have been in this world before you, you're going to die. And this specter of death haunts our days and haunts our nights and makes us uneasy. So what does that have to do with meditation? Well, the interesting thing about the true self, about you, is that you never die. You are not subject to death. Fire can't burn you, cold can't freeze you, knives can't cut you, even the atomic bomb can't touch you. Because you are part of that ultimate totality. You are an expression of that ultimate totality that makes up this entire creation and yet is beyond this entire creation. Now some people call that God. God makes some people very nervous, the idea of God, because they've been taught, and this is part of your false self, they've been taught that God is uh, a jealous God, a mean God, a terrible God, a wrathful God, uh, or some such nonsense, none of which is true. But whether you call it God, or we call it in, in our way of life, we call it parat para, which means that which is beyond all names and forms, beyond all uh, human concepts, the, the source, the essence, the substance, and the self of everything, of everything. And that you are. So the closer you get through meditation, through peeling off these layers of, of preconception and, and false belief and, and uh, uh, all of the baggage that you have attached to your false self, and believe is yours, as you peel these layers off and get closer and closer to the truth, you become freer and freer. Maybe you've heard this expression, uh, usually it's tied in with religion, but it doesn't have to be, that the truth shall set you free. Well, that statement is true. But the truth is far different than what is in holy books. It's far different than what is in scriptures. It's far different than, than what is in anybody's book including ours. The truth can only be known by you as your true self, because the truth is your true self. You are that truth. 
And through this process of meditation, you wear away this covering of illusion and delusion and confusion and, and fear. And the specter of death ceases to have any power over you. Oh, you know it's there. And your body will respond to it, but you also will come to know that you're not your body. That you are that which is the master of your destiny. You are the captain of your ship. You are the pilot of your body. You are the master of your mind. You're the master of all of these because you are beyond all of these even though you are within them. So certainly, when the subject comes up, your body is going to react. But you know that those reactions are not you. Those reactions belong to that false self that has become identified and attached to its own creation, to its own fiction. And the closer you draw to that supreme truth within you that you truly are, the greater is your serenity. Oh, you may scream at somebody on the freeway. You're not going to become a saint necessarily, especially not a saint according to human standards, according to social standards. Are we really going to let politicians and the, the pillars of society tell us what a saint should be? I dare say you can't find a saint among them. And it takes a saint to describe a saint. So let's not worry about whether you say a cuss word or whether you uh, get angry or something like that. These are not mortal sins. These are simply the manifestation of this false self that you've created, screaming and yelling. And sometimes it's a manifestation of you riling and, and screaming and yelling and pleading to be set free of the, pris the, the, the prison that you have created for yourself because we are all victims of our own design until we become free. So the ultimate purpose of meditation, now I can't speak for all of the things that people call meditation, but the ultimate purpose of our form of meditation, which I call inner divine communion, the ultimate purpose of our meditation is that you will be set free that you will find peace and serenity, that you will know who you are, and that the truth will set you free. Now, if that sounds good to you, then I'd like you to stick around for the instruction. If that uh, leaves you cold or offends you or bothers you in any way, then I'd like you to uh, come back and go away and think about it and come back again and let me know if maybe you see it differently. But for now, the instruction probably won't do you any good because you've got too much baggage in the way for you to absorb it and for you to appreciate it. But if this sounds good to you, if, if freedom, real freedom, profound freedom, total freedom sounds good to you, then stick around for the instruction because I'm going to tell you how to achieve it. Thank you for coming. Those of you who don't want to stick around, uh, Please, if you want to, leave your name and we will call you or write you or not, 
if you put no on there. Uh, but at least we'll, we'll know how to get in touch with you. And you know how to get in touch with us. That's what's important. Those of you who are going to stay, let's take a break, a brief break, have some refreshments. Um, we do drink coffee and we do drink tea. And uh, take a bathroom break if you need that. And then we'll get down to business and I'll teach you how to find the truth within yourself. As we say, Om Soham Tatwamasi. Om, I am that truth. You are that truth. Jay Bhagwanji. Victory to our efforts to know the truth and be free. You have been listening to Maitreya, the friend of all souls. To find out more or to come to one of Maitreya's classes or sanctuary meetings, call 310-540-6044 or go to www.maitreyathefriend.com. Maitreya, the friend of all souls, is Universal God's Awakened One, bringer of the Holy Satya Yuga, whom Universal God has ordained to end the age of spiritual ignorance and bring forth the age of divine pure truth on earth. Out of his universal love and compassion, the friend sacrificed perfect final union with the universal God for the sake of all souls for all time. In reward for his supreme sacrifice, universal God has promised that all who receive the enlightenment of the friend's holy initiation and follow him to the end of their lives shall attain self-realization and receive the supreme gift of perfect final union that he sacrificed for their sake. Accept, Maitreya, the friend of all souls, and follow him. For your liberation from suffering, sorrow, and death, and the survival of humanity. This talk and all of its parts is copyright 59AF, year 2010, Maitreya, the friend of all souls. All rights are reserved. No part of this talk may be duplicated or reproduced without the express written permission of Maitreya, the friend of all souls. Om Jai Bhagwanji. Jai Bhagwanji.